Pastor Ray Bentley with insight today on our times of testing. Every child of God has a unique path that is designed by God to bring you into areas where you will be tested. He tests us to let us know what's really in our hearts or what areas need to be worked on. He does not test us so that He can find out what's in our hearts. He tests us so that we can see what's in our hearts. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Tests. Most of us dislike them in school, and we dislike them in life. But without tests, how would we know where we stand in our Christian growth? Well, today, Pastor Ray points out how to embrace the times of testing that come upon our lives, and how we can grow through those important opportunities. James chapter 1. Now, I want to get right into it here. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one, when he is tempted, say, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So he's talking about, James realizes that the believers he is addressing 2,000 years ago were under a lot of pressure. There was, there was persecution for being a believer and follower in Jesus Christ. If you really were a committed Christian and a follower of Christ, you didn't fit. You didn't fit the Roman world and you didn't fit within Judaism at large. You were going as it were against the grain and saying, we believe that Yeshua, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the only Lord and our lives are devoted and committed to him. And we're a new family, you know, and so... There was persecution against them. And then there was temptation. Well, maybe this is getting too hard. Maybe, maybe I'll back up a little bit. Maybe I'll take uh, the, you know, the, the foot off the pedal of going deeper with God because you know, the world is against me and my flesh is pulling against me and the devil. And so James is trying to help them. Hey, stay strong. We're headed for heaven, guys. This world is not even our home. It's not gonna ever get fixed totally down here the way it is. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. We have a divine purpose. And the only way we can fulfill that divine purpose is if we're not getting pulled apart and distracted by all the nonsense that is going on around us. Now look what he says in verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. That word blessed means oh how happy is the man or the woman who endures, and that means has victory over temptation. Would you agree with me, there is no greater feeling in the world than when you resist temptation and you, you surrender to the Holy Spirit 
and you walk in the ways of the Lord and you're in obedience and your mind is clear, your conscience is clean, uh, your heart is set upon the Lord. Man, when you walk with the Lord, there is no better, it's the most incredible, amazing, marvelous, wonderful feeling in the world. At the same time, can we not all agree, there is nothing more full of anguish and there is nothing more miserable than when you give in to temptation and when you resist the Holy Spirit and when you go, as it were, with the flesh or go with the flow and then afterwards, surely the devil is there. He tempted you in the first place and then he bangs on your head after you've uh, failed and then what we even do to ourselves in self-condemnation. It is, is there anything more miserable than being in that place? Why did I lose my cool? Why did I, you know, let, you know, everything that I said and that I did and you just feel rotten for quite a while. So here, how beautiful, oh, how blessed, oh, how happy is the man or the woman who resists temptation and walks with the Lord. Now, all of us have sinned. All of us have, have blown it. And what he is seeking to say is, look, can we not uh, agree that we want to stop being little children? Little children are run and driven by their emotions, and they constantly are doing things wrong because they're immature. God's will for your life and mine is maturity. There is a point for Christians, and that's what James is driving at here, there's a point at which you say, you know what? It's one thing to have, you know, your parents tell you it's time to grow up. It's another thing when you are so sick and tired of the misery and the anguish of trying to have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of heaven, where you go, you know, it's time for me to grow up. I'm deciding it's time to get serious with the Lord and seek him. I am very convinced that God, our Father, is anxiously desirous and, and willing and wanting and ready, and the world is ripe for a mighty, powerful, dynamic outpouring of His Spirit. This is a time where many will learn knowledge, and as Daniel said, and teach many, and great understanding comes at the end, and they will do great exploits. We are living in the days where God wants to do great exploits, but he is not going to entrust that greater measure of his spirit to an immature, you know, son acting like a little boy or an immature daughter acting like a little girl. We need to arrive at a place of maturity, not perfection. We're constantly growing in the Lord, but where we're committed and we're serious in our walk with the Lord. And uh, would you say that you are ready now to say, I don't want that yo-yo, that roller coaster experience, I want to just, you know, there's a word in Acts where it says they, they were addicted to ministry. Now that's King James. But you know, we know all about the addictions of the flesh and of the world, and I know I'm speaking in human terms, but what's wrong with then, in that human way, getting addicted to, man, doing right? Where you just go, man, it, it just, it's so good to be obedient and to walk with a pure heart and, and a clear conscience and be a vessel filled and used by God, man, I wanna do that more, amen? So it's something that we can grow in. Now it is so important for our faith to be tested. Do you know that because your father is, is vested, now that you're saved, you're his, bought you, purchased you with his son's blood. 
He, he has a goal in mind, and that goal, again, is for you to grow to the full measure of the stature of Christ. How does he do that? Your father, being the wise, loving father that he is, arranges all of our lives uniquely. Your path is not my path, nor is your path like the, you know, the person sitting next to you, even your husband or your wife or whatever. Every child of God has a unique path in their own physical body, emotionally, spiritually. You have your own unique path that is designed by God to bring you into areas where you will be tested. And guess why God tests you? He tests you to let you see where you're at. He tests us to let us know what's really in our hearts or how far we have come or we haven't come or what areas need to be worked on. There's nothing better than to arrive at a test and go, I, I know what's going on here. And I'm not going to, you know, yield to the enemy. I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit. You sense what's going on. You, you know what's happening. You depend upon the Holy Spirit. You pass, as it were, the test. You may be challenged. You may still have humanly the, the fears and anxieties and the world's attacking you or whatever. But you get through it. You grow stronger. And as the Father says, well done. Well done. Now I can trust you with this much more. Life in many ways is a series of testings followed by immediate responses of blessing by God. He, and when we pass the test, he goes, now you're ready, watch this, boom, and he pours out a whole new insight, understanding, or he opens a whole new door of your life or impact or ministry or influence. You go, wow, awesome. Now, as you begin rolling in that new blessing and gifting of God, then there will be a season where you'll be tested again. So look forward to it. It's part of the deal. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. See, the Lord tests us not so that God can find out what's in our hearts. Because guess what? God already knows. He knows. We have a tendency to deceive ourselves. Oftentimes we think, oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> God goes, oh, really? <laughs> oh, a little test, you know? So... He does not test us so that he can find out what's in our hearts. He tests us so that we can see what's in our hearts. Do you know that it's a, a sign of maturity is not being afraid to open your heart, look inside, and do some self-examination? Many places in the Bible, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, say that is a sign of maturity and wisdom. Rather than fear, which is a very, an extremely childish emotional, immature, oh, no, 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 don't look inside. I know you're going to find something wrong and then you're going to be, you know, down on me and, oh, hey, come on, grow up. Number one, do you know, do you know what your, how much your dad loves you? That he gave his son? Do you know how much Jesus loves you? That he, he was crucified for you? He's on your, nobody's more on your side than he is. In fact, he's more for you than you are for yourself. You'll torpedo your own life half the time. God is for you. He loves you. He, he knows exactly what's best for you. He has designed your life uniquely. 
in such a way that if you listen to him and trust him and yield to him, you'll go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from blessing to blessing. A sign of maturity is when you're like, okay, God, you know what? I'm ready. Show me what's inside of my heart. David got there in that famous passage in the Psalms where he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Why did he say that? Because he didn't know. Search me and, and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and then lead me in the way of everlasting life. David learned that by experience. Because we have, we, you can learn by experience that sin leads to death. And then you can get sick to death of death and say, I want life. And in fact, I love, uh, if you have never read the book Pilgrim's Progress in your life, every child of God should read at least once in their life Pilgrim's Progress. It is, I know it's written old and try to find one maybe that's written in more contemporary English, but man, it's a powerful story of this guy. And it's the story of every Christian's life. This guy has been drugged through the mud, stepped on, kicked, beat up, humiliated, used and abused by the world. Finally, he turns around and he's screaming from the depths of his soul saying, I want life. I want to live. I don't want to die anymore. And he, he starts running. He's running from the past that led to the pit and to the miry clay and to the depression and the darkness and the gloom and death. He turns around and he runs. If you knew what life was really all about, you would not be laissez-faire about your spirituality. Man, you would be running as hard and as fast as you can directly for the heart of the throne of God because that's your greatest source of blessing and joy and peace and freedom and fulfillment. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a very kind and friendly pastor. He will be greatly missed. He, of course, is enjoying the full essence of God's glory. We will see him again someday. Heavenly Father, Please bless his wife, family, and church members. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Prayers and messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. So look at verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, he says. Why does he say that? Because Jeremiah 17, 9 says, for the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You may think you're doing fine. You may think everything is cool, but your dad knows much better. And so let him search your heart. Let him reveal things to you. Don't be afraid. Fear is a real thing. The cure for fear is growth in the love of God for us. The more you dive into the love of God and the more you intentionally go toward the love of God and receive the love of God and bathe in the love of God, to the degree that you grow in love, 
fear shrinks and gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Until finally, you know, you can reach that place like the apostles, like death staring him in the face and they laugh. They go, that's all you got? You're gonna send me directly to the throne and the glory I've waited for my whole life? Bring it on. They're ready. So when you have children of God who have the Holy Spirit in them and they're not afraid of death, that's what makes the devil shake in his boots. Those are the guys, the martyrs, and those who, who love not their lives unto death and who have the testimony of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb. He is terrified of those because they will do great exploits for the kingdom of God. There is within all of us a deep desire for fulfillment. Another way the Bible describes it is there is within all of us this deep desire to be fulfilled and to be finally satisfied. We have this gnawing sense of frustration continually. That's because God placed eternity in your hearts. That's what the Bible says. Most people, they don't even know this. But because you uniquely in all of creation are made in the image of God. Eternity, how is it possible that eternity which has no beginning and no end and no, no height and no depth? I can't explain it. All I am telling you is what the Bible says. There is something in you that is in your heart and when you go inside of that heart, it is as big as eternity itself. And the only thing then that can fill eternity is God. You put anything of the world in the flesh and any stupid little imitation of this world in here and you put it into eternity, you know what's gonna, all the gaping emptiness is just gonna be made that much worse. And that's why addictions then, you have to go for more addiction and then it becomes even worse and finally you just do yourself in and you die. So leave those childish things aside, James is saying, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Jesus said, if any of you thirst, come unto me. I, Jesus said, I can fulfill that deep longing, the deepest desires of your heart. I can fill the eternity that is within your heart if you will just come to me. Now look with me in verse 17. I love this verse. Every good gift and every perfect gift it's from above. He's saying, you know, not the stupid gifts that are offered by the devil and the wares of the world on the earth. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's describing God and, and from heaven, look up. And that's where the gifts come that satisfy the heart. This phrase, the father of lights, is an ancient Jewish title for God, and what it's referring to is God as creator. Now, some of you are, you know, we have a lot of really smart people in our church, a lot of you that have science degrees and math degrees and biology degrees and the medical field and, and a lot of learning, and you, you have a much greater grasp of the science of the universe than, than I would have and an appreciation of it and for it. But one of the things that, that we do learn and from the Bible, that when God created, I, I love you know, what I've read, been reading a little bit about Einstein. Albert Einstein, a very famous guy, a really smart guy, and 
he didn't like that there might be a God or believing in God, and he kept everything he discovered, kept backing him into that there was God. And um, one of the things about creation, when you start off with the, the emptiness and whatever started creation, which had to be bigger than the universe and more powerful just to get it going, sounds a lot like God. And the first thing created in that universe is light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and God said, let there be light. In the Hebrew, it's more emphatic. God said, light be and light was lights and as the giver of light and he's talk he goes on to talk about the form of the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets and all the rest now there's an interesting scripture job 38 verses 31 and 32 let's read this scripture out loud together can you bind the cluster of the pleiades or loose the belt of orion can you bring out mazaroth in its season or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Now, Orion is mentioned three times in the Bible, twice in the book of Job, once in the book of Amos. Orion is a constellation. And then the cubs and the, and, and the bear and the Pleiades and, and all the rest. And then there's this funny little word, Maseroth, in there. Well, this is something that I've recently come to discover. If you look up the Hebrew word Maseroth in the Strong's Concordance, the Hebrew word is number 4216, and here is the definition given. Maseroth means the 12 signs of the zodiac. Weird, wait a second, I thought that it was astrology and that that was bad. Well, apparently, no. Zodiac is the Greek word, but Hebrew is an older language. And the Greeks had the astrology and they had these 12 signs where you know, you're all under these signs and people try to guard their lives by the stars. But before that was the Maseroth in the Hebrew and the Maseroth were 12 signs in the heavens. And those 12 signs told the story of the gospel. James is saying the father of lights has been showering you from the heavens and through his word pointing to his son Jesus Christ, he has gifts for you and God doesn't change. Unlike those sources of light, the magnificent as they are, the sun and the moon and the stars, they're like you know variations and, and sometimes it even fades, but God's glory doesn't. God put in the physical universe pictures of the spiritual universe, but when you see God and his light, there's no variation. It's just burning brilliantly the Shekinah glory of the Lord. Malachi 3.6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. The Bible tells us God is light. 1 John 1.5, this is then the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And that light is the revelation found in Jesus. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Important insight today from Pastor Ray Bentley as we continue our studies based on our primary text in the book of James here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, God Alone Satisfies the Heart. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his book called As the Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full series called The Elijah Chronicles. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.